Hey friends, I am so excited about this episode. I can't even tell you. You are in for a real treat today. I have Jenny Randall on the show. Jenny went from a career in the heart of Hollywood to being a faith-based author, national speaker, and chart-topping podcaster with Candace Payne. Her first book, Courageous Creative, was a huge success, and Jenny's search for meaning in the everyday moments of life has led her to write her newest book, Getting to Know God's Voice, where she encourages readers to discover how God designed them on purpose. Talking about hearing God's voice is one of my passions. I want you to walk away from this episode knowing how vital you are to the body of Christ functioning and flourishing the way it was designed. Jenny and I talk about intimacy with God, hearing God's voice, and walking in the spiritual gifts that God's given us. I'm Julie Holmquist, and you're listening to Kairos Moments, episode number 13. Welcome to the show, Jenny. I just want to say I love your podcast with Candace Payne, Shut the Should Up. And I'm still cracking myself up after reading the review that I um, left you after that intro episode. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh. I'm the one that said, it's like taking a laxative and just getting yes. rid of all the blockage. <laughs> Those things stopping you and preventing you from being free. After listening and laughing a lot, I'm sure you'll feel lighter and healthier inside. <laughs> Julie, that That's was you. That I use I use that on like all our marketing paperwork because it makes me laugh so <laughs> hard. And I think it sums up the podcast I do with Candace like perfectly. Like, thank you yeah. for, for leaving that. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love the dynamics of you too. That podcast brings so much freedom to people. And I'll put all the information and the links about Jenny and her ministry in the show notes. But Jenny, you're all about creativity and creativity is freedom. Matter of fact, you wrote a book called Courageous Creative and it is all about helping people find freedom in their creativity, right? Yep, 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 yep. It's okay. a 31 day interactive devotional. So I teach the foundations of biblical creativity and what that looks like and the obstacles that get in the way and how we can unleash it into the world. And then not only do you learn stuff, but you actually get to take action within it. Um, so there's daily challenges that actually reactivate the creative muscle that might've been lost over time. I love that. I love that it's interactive. And that's just like your newest book, Getting to Know God's Voice, a 31-day interactive journey. It's available for pre-order and it will be released in October. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be out in October. And when I heard the name of your podcast, Julie, I was so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this topic. Like <laughs> I do too. she is my person. And now just knowing that you wrote that review, I'm like, okay, we're like besties in the yeah. making here because I feel really good about this moment. <laughs> well, getting to know God's voice is such a passion of mine. And in the past, people used to tell me all the time, they would just be in awe whenever I would just have a conversation and I would say, well, God told me. And it was like, yeah. they were shocked that I would hear from God. Matter of fact, yeah. I had a friend who was, we were out for coffee. She was sharing some hard things she was going through. And I mentioned to her, you know, God really wants to talk to you about that. She's older than I am. And she had been a Christian walking with the Lord a lot longer than I have. And she was shocked 
that God would speak to her about those very issues that were burdening her heart. Tell me how you segued into writing this newest book from your, your previous book, The Cre- Courageous Creative. Yeah, it feels like a jump, doesn't it? Because it's this one's more a little more theological um, and like biblically based. Not that the creativity one isn't, but you know that's fun and a lighthearted right. conversation. And this is like let's let's hear God and actually realize that that's a biblical thing. Uh, so I became a Christian at eighteen. I got saved during a church play, and uh, it was just I love how God did that because I'm creative. So that's fun to look back mm-hmm. on and. Then I went on this journey as we do in faith of what does that actually look like to know God authentically and biblically and like in a whole perspective, what does it look like to know him? And I would see all these different examples through different churches I was going to. And this is in a year of up until this point, like 20 years of discovering what Mm -hmm. it looks like. Right. And I'd see all these different church cultures. And sometimes I'd see them embrace the Holy spirit in a way that was manipulative. Mm. And some, sometimes I'd see examples where you could feel uh, the minister was actually missing out on these moments of pressing into the power of the Holy spirit. And I was, I've always been wondering, what does it look like to embrace God fully and authentically? And so I went on this journey and in that process, I learned the giftings that the Holy Spirit has given me and how that fits into the world around me and even how that fits into the church and church culture. And I've just, this book developed from trying to figure out that. And um, the church in New York, I was just texting my pastor about this the other day. We recently moved from New York to Florida, but the church we were at, at that time, they were just launching a new campus and it was by our house. And he was asking me, what kind of church do you want to see? And this was like one of our first conversations. And I said, I just want to find a church that teaches the Bible and understands the Holy Spirit in a relationally appropriate way. Mm. And that church was doing that. And I know a lot of churches around the nation and the world are doing that too. So this book is kind of like a guide of not for the church, but for the people in the church, how to embrace the Holy Spirit fully and authentically and having these safeguards and boundaries. So it's not manipulative, but it's actually a really magical experience of finding God in, in the mundane moments. Mm -hmm. And in these even bigger moments as well. And I love Julie, how you were talking about with your friend, you might've had, you might've heard God's voice in that situation for her, but you actually pointed her to hear him for herself. And that's really the goal of this book. Mm. Now you, the subtitle, like I said, is a 31 day interactive journey. And then in something else I read, you said to greater intimacy with God, tell me what intimacy with God means to you. And if a new believer were to come up to you and ask you what that meant, what would you say? Because sometimes, you know, I say intimacy with God because I believe that's, that that's what God wants for us. But it almost seems Christianese sometimes. Like, <laughs> what would you say to a new believer who has no idea what intimacy with God means? Mm, this is a great question. I would kind of give them the foundation of the second you become a believer in Jesus 
and he opens your eyes to who he is and comes into your life and you're like, yes, Lord, let's do this. You have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in you. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you get to develop intimacy with God because he equips you, he guides you, he empowers you, he convicts you. I mean, there's the hard stuff too, right? It's not. Right. right. Um, and from that place of like really learning to hear God's voice and, and understanding the Holy Spirit, I think intimacy with God is, is learning to recognize him in the everyday moments of life. And I think of this example. So I have a husband, his name's Matt Mm -hmm. and he's a hot surfer dude, right? Yeah. I call him hot (laughs) surfer husband. (laughs) Somebody actually messaged me the other day. They're like, I didn't actually know he surfed. And I'm like, yeah, I don't just call him hot (laughs) surfer husband because it's fun. (laughs) Anyways. So say hot surfer husband, Matt and I are at a restaurant Mm -hmm. and we're hanging out We're we're on an intimate date. We're spending time together but I might actually, I can be with somebody, but be distracted from him. So maybe Mm. I'm like looking on my phone or watching the TV in the background. I mean, this is before COVID-19. So we're (laughs) right. right. It looks a little different now. Right. But so you can be with somebody or know somebody, but be distracted from them. And I think intimacy with God is, is noticing him in, in the moments where you're committed, like For example, spiritual disciplines. I'm committed to studying my Bible in this moment, and I'm going to look for God in this moment. I'm committed to worshiping during this time, and I'm going to see God in these moments. Now, we have these spiritual disciplines where we are intentional, right? Like, I'm intentional to go on a date with my husband. I'm intentional to seek God through this spiritual discipline. We have those moments, and then we have the everyday seconds of life where we can't always show up to be with God because we have to make dinner, for example, or you have to help the kids with homework. And I think in those moments, so for example, I travel for work and well, I used to travel for work (laughs) and, um, I make decisions that honor my husband as I'm traveling for work. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm honoring him with my decisions. I love him. I talk well about him. Um, so that can, that can, that example can apply to our relationship with God. So in the everyday, here I am making dinner here. I am with my kids, the character that we have because of the intimate moments with God, where we're hearing him and we're getting to know him, that applies to the everyday moments of life because we're still honoring him with our choices. We're honoring God with our decisions. We're loving him in the midst of it. Our goal is to glorify and enjoy him in those moments. Mm -hmm. Do we always get it right? No. But when the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes or when the moment to take a step back and pause and find that peace that we have, when those moments come, we recognize who our source is and who we go to in those moments. So I would say intimacy with God is kind of both the, the larger special moments, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the significant daily moments of just knowing it's the foundation from which we function, you know? Yeah, I agree. I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about, and this verse has always resonated with me. It's in Song of Solomon. It's five, two and five, three. And I'm just going to read it real quick. The woman was saying, I, I slept, but my heart was awake. My beloved is knocking. And he Mm. says, open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. She responds to him by saying, I have taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? I have washed my feet. Must I soil them again? 
And basically she was like, really, you want to be intimate with me right now? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And it's like, it, it's not always, like you said, those, those bigger, the spiritual disciplines, we are intentional with those, but throughout the day, we have to be available to be intimate with him when he approaches us. Yeah. Well that, gosh, I, I love this. I love that you said that. Cause that's what a Karas moment is. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it is. And it's God's getting your attention. And are you going to actually pay attention? Right. And my hope for myself is that, yeah, I'll pay attention, but there's times that I haven't. And you know, that's why we can say, sorry, God, like, let's try again. Right. But there's times when I do pay attention and it's those moments of transformation and growth and even just knowing his character even better. Like, I'll be honest, I got, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. I didn't think I'd share this. I got convicted the other night because I had a car ass moment where my head hit the pillow and I'm going Mm -hmm. to bed and I felt that still small voice of God saying, when are you going to spend time with me when, when you don't Mm -hmm. need need me for work. Mm. And you know, I'm, I'm in ministry. I'm in the process of writing a third book. Like there's, I mean, we can all list the things we're working on. Right. Right. And gosh, I felt so sad because I was like, man, I feel like such a user, like the girl Mm. that's always like, Hey, can you help me with this project? Can you help me with this project? Can you help me with this project? And like, yes, of course. Like he, he wants to be invited into those spaces and he, and he is in those spaces, but just being in community with him because I love him. Like that really hit yeah. me hard because you're making me I choked be, up, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. I want to be the person that shows up for God because of who he is. Cause he's worthy of it. You know? Yeah. One of the scriptures that the Lord gave me early on, and I do not do it perfectly either. You know, as I'm doing the podcast, as I'm writing, as I'm leading a Bible study, I feel like I'm approaching him. Like you said, like, help me with this. Or I, I get, I go to him for content for my people, yeah. you know, and that there's right. a place for that. Right. But in Mark three fourteen, it says he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Yeah. The first part of that verse is so they might be with him. We are empty cups unless we're, we're with him. And we're, we're not only getting content for our people, but we're, establishing and growing our relationship with him. You know, if I constantly went to my husband and just said, will you change my oil? Would you fix the dinner? Would you, you know, and there was no other interaction that would get old really quick. And I, I do believe God, you know, he has emotions, but he's, he's never going to stop pursuing our hearts. Even when we mess up. Yeah. Well, even you describing that, I'm reminded of this one couple I met who, um, they were engaged and they were going to get married. And we asked, we were doing like a special video for them to show at their wedding. We were producing it. We had a production company at the time. And we were like, why do you, we asked the, um, man, why do you love your wife or your fiance? And he's like, I love her cause she makes me dinner. I love her because, mm. and he just listed all the things mm. she provided for him and the way she served him. And a year goes by and they're getting a divorce and this huge thing crumbled because they didn't have that healthy, this, I mean, this is me looking in, right? Right, It seemed as if they didn't have that healthy foundation of love because love shows up and you don't love a person because what they do for you, you love a person for who they are. That's how I was feeling the other night when I felt that conviction from God, like, man, 
just as you were saying, like we, we can trust him in the spaces of content creation and God, what are you tweaking? Like, what can I, what can I push forward for the people that you've invited me to serve? But it's, Mm -hmm. gosh, it's so much. It's just that those reminders of what is the foundation. And that's when you ask a child, why do you love your mom or dad? And they list all the things that they do. But, mm-hmm. you know, when we grow, when they grow up, it's more, I love my mom and dad because they value me or they take time for me or those kinds of things. Listing off the things people do almost seems like it's a self, it's the childish way of explaining why you love someone. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think there's a maturity of faith there that develops when we're able to, um, worship God for his character and not for what he does for us. Yeah. I see your posts, um, about, I think it's every Sunday, right? Asking what yeah. did you learn about God's character today? Yeah. At church. I, I love that question. Cause I think so many times we can go or watch church online or show up for stuff and leave being like, man, I am so awesome. Like God has <laughs> equipped me to do so many great things. And that is only going to take us so far because mm-hmm. What happens when we fail? Because now you're not awesome, Jenny. Right. Now you failed. So I think that question of, okay, what is, and I try to do that too, as I study the Bible, what, what is the Bible or what is the sermon actually saying about the character of God? And that is the foundation from which we stand on. Like maybe the sermon was you're so awesome, but it's because you're a child of God. So right. God made you his child. That's a foundation. I can stand on way more than, oh, I'm the best. <laughs> right. We were part of a church, my husband and I, in Dallas, when we gradu- after we graduated college. The pastor's premise was, and he, he emphasized this a lot, that Sunday mornings are not a place, yes, you come and you receive from the Lord, but Sunday mornings in this sanctuary, you are here to celebrate him, yeah. not to say, what can I get here? Of mm. course, God's going to meet us at our point of need, of course. But our yeah. primary focus, he wanted us to be, you know, we fill ourselves up all throughout the week and then we come and we celebrate and we give back to him because of who he is and his that. greatness. And it was, it, was, it was a paradigm shift for sure. In regards to the spiritual gifts, do mm-hmm. you consider yourself prophetic? Yes. So... Yeah, I've taken a lot of spiritual gifts tests. If anyone mm-hmm. listening, um, that's a way you can kind of navigate through that. And I've also seen, obviously, the gifts develop and operate in my life. Um, so part of the journey of actually getting to know God's voice was better understanding that gifting on my life, which mm-hmm. um, is mostly God will use me for uh, words of knowledge. Mm. And then from that will come either whole minister through me with prophecy or healing sometimes. Okay. But it basically starts with a word of knowledge, which uh, that is like, uh, I would have divine revelation of a fact about something or somebody that I wouldn't already know. And then that would connect me to that person. And then from there, God would give me either encouragement or comfort or just direction, how to pray for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. I can, I consider myself prophetic and I'm the same way. Like God will give me a dream and I don't run out and tell someone the dream because most of the time it's a weird dream, but I know it (laughs) pertains to them. I just have to be obedient, you know, to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
usually I sit on it for a couple days and if the Lord keeps prompting me, I, you know, there's been many times where I've not obeyed, but the times that I have and the people receive it, it's like, I love this because we're all doing our part. We all have a part in the body of Christ and it's all just working together. This dream I had encouraged her in her journey to get to Israel and, you know, etc. And she had just prayed, God, I'm putting out a fleece. I need you to tell me if I should pursue this because of our finances. And I had Mm. a dream. My dream was, (laughs) and I didn't even know her. I just know her online. Yeah. Um, through, you know, like she speaks and stuff like that. But I had a dream that she was digging through her cushions, her couch cushions, looking for change. And the Lord said, tell her that it's all going to be okay. Her finances are going to work out. So I told her that. And she said, she just started bawling in the car, you know, and it's like the spiritual gifts are not this, what is the word? Ethereal? Is that the word? Ethereal. It's, it's very, it's what God gave us to encourage one another. It's not this, Ooh, hocus pocus kind of stuff. Right. Oh yeah. It's not this mystical fairy dust of like, yeah, I totally 100%. So the gifts are listed in first Corinthians 12, seven through 11. And then there's So I like to call those gifts like the supernatural Holy Spirit power gifts or like the revelatory gifts. And it's like words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, healing, great faith, miracles, discernment, speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues. Mm -hmm. And then there's also other gifts like hospitality and like administrative. And those are also listed in the Bible. But if we're talking about spiritual gifts, like those are the ones I'm like, yes, let's embrace those (laughs) and understand those fully. Because I just imagine like, Imagine if somebody walked into our conversation right now, handed us a gift, and we just like turned our back and mm-hmm. we're like, mm, mm. I'm, I'm busy. I feel like, I mean, the second we become a Christian, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. It, he is a gift and he also gives us gifts. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are, and I say a lot of us, meaning I've been on this journey figuring it out, but we've turned our back to the gifts because they've been misused they've been misunderstood and they haven't been taught properly. And that's a broad generalization. I understand that, but I want to urge everybody to figure out their spiritual gift and how that fits in. And and this is the one thing I always want to say about the gifts is that they should always point people back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So when you're, I mean, the word you had for your friend is like so affirming because she literally was just like, God, what do I do next? Of course, that's pointing her back to him. You know, it's not, it's not a word that's like putting her on this pedestal or whatever the case may be. But I just love that. And I love, we all are a part of the body that needs to, to build one another up and point one another to Jesus. It's, it's like how he's invited us to function in this world as representations of him. So what would you tell someone who says God has already spoken in his word, everything he has said or ever will say has already been written. And that the, the gifts don't exist or they, right. they're not like, operational right now. Yeah. Like they were only good for the disciples back, you know, back then. Yeah. I have a lot to tell to that person. <laughs> <laughs> Those people that say the gifts aren't operating I, they're called sensationalist since I can't even sensationalist. say it. Yes. That's a hard word. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So when people are like, what are you? I'm like, I'm a continuist. I believe the gifts are continuing for today. Mm. So those are just fancy words, but just right. so we can have like an overview of like, well, well, um, and 
for that, for that, that type of conversation, I usually talk about first Corinthians 12, seven, which we were just talking about the gifts and those gifts are essential in establishing the church and first Corinthians 13, eight through 13. It's the passage that says love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease where there are, there are tongues, they will be stilled where there is knowledge. It will pass away for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When Mm -hmm. I was a child, I talked like a child and then it goes on. And then it says, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So that passage is oftentimes what people say, the gift stopped, look at this passage. And my rebuttal to that is, okay, you're saying these things aren't for today, but the purpose of these power gifts, so to quote unquote power gifts, is to have the Holy Spirit minister through you to point people to Christ. So if in eternity we're already fully restored in face to face with Jesus, why would we need those gifts? We don't need healing because we're fully healed. We don't need hope communicated through prophetic words because we're standing in the presence of hope himself. Mm -hmm. We don't need to discern the presence of demons because you know, they're already, (laughs) they're, they're out of there. So those gifts are temporal. You know what I mean? They're not eternal. So that's what that passage is saying. So those, the gifts are for us today, right, ne- right now and here until Jesus returns. Mm-hmm. And we can't comprehend what that's going to look like. But while we wait, he empowers us through those gifts to demonstrate his power and authority on earth so we can minister to the broken world. Mm-hmm. And does that make sense? So that's kind of the rebuttal yeah. I have for that conversation. Well, I mean, I haven't studied the, you know, the Greek and the, that scripture, but it says they will pass. It doesn't mean they have, they yeah. have passed away. They will pass away. But for now we need them. And it, it is for the purpose, like you said, of edifying the body and everybody has a gift. If you are in the body, you have something to offer and it's vital to that it's body vital. and to the yeah. big C church, right? Yes. And as you mentioned earlier, first Corinthians 12, 31 says we must earnestly desire those gifts. Yeah. And I love it. I love it when God gives me, I mean, sometimes I'm a little scared because like I said, I don't want to come across like a weirdo. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, let's, anal- I could analyze this for days. This is like, <laughs> you're talking my love language because it's so terrifying to be like, I think I have a prophetic word for someone. And then it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's scary. I have, I have given someone a word at church before and she looked like she was giving me the death stare. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know? So I just kind of put my tail between my legs and walked away and I was like, well, God, I was obedient, you know, whatever that was. Um, But come to find out, she told me either the next day or the day after that what I said to her, basically what God was saying to her, touched her so deeply, but she didn't want to lose it in front of her family right then because it had to do with them. Wow. And so it's like, we have to be obedient and leave the results up to him. I cannot... Mm -hmm. If God gives me something, I cannot interpret it for you because I, you know, not, well, maybe, but I don't normally do that because the person I give it to has to take it before the Lord and ask him, what does this mean? If it, if it's from you. Right. And the Bible too says we must test all things against scripture. And I always remind my, or the Holy, 
I always, the Holy Spirit always <laughs> reminds me too, like, Jenny, do you trust me to speak to that person through the word you're giving? Like, do you mm-hmm. trust that I'm going to help them discern this moment? And that's been a shift for me because I'll want to, like you're saying, expand on the word or be yeah. like, maybe it means this or blah, blah, blah. And God's like, don't you trust me to do that part? for you. Like, what do you, <laughs> I'm over here orchestrating stuff. Like, trust me to finish the job here. And I, yeah, that's been freeing for me as well. And just also, I always advise with like larger, I know it's weird to like say a larger prophetic word, but if there's like a life changing prophetic word, you either give or receive, it's always wise to have a wise counsel or a pastor hear that word as well. So you guys can prayerfully discern that together. Cause I've been prophesied that I'm going to be in ministry, in ministry in like Cambodia or someplace <laughs> with my husband. And I've never once felt that. And I'm not diminishing that or saying that's not going to happen, but I definitely have put that word on a shelf yeah. and <laughs> like, right. maybe I'll see it later, but I'm not like making life decisions to move to Cambodia. You know what I mean? So yeah, God will well, help us discern we always have to take it back to the word and, and see how it lines up with what he's telling us. And our, our spirits will always, there will always be that peace there. Yeah. Yes. That is a great marker for, okay, God, is that you? Yes. (laughs) Is there peace that's coming? How do you, how would you teach someone how to hear God's voice? I, I, yeah, I've had the most, uh, I'm going to cry. I, Yes. And amen. So they, so there, so I went to this prophetic conference my church hosted a couple years ago mm-hmm. and they had this moment where, and I just, I was in ministry at the time, but you know, you're always learning and growing. So I'm at this conference and they did this ending thing where everybody had to prayerfully get a word and say it into the microphone. And at that point I wasn't used to I was used to ministering like one-on-one in the prophetic, not like for the global church. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a huge shift for me and I'm so excited that it happened. But I gave my prophetic word and I sat down and then I go home and I was so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, why did I say all that? I messed it up my whole life. So, you know, doing that mm-hmm. over analytical mm-hmm. thing that we often do. And my son was four at the time. I'm telling him, I'm like, we were learning how God speaks to us. And I believe that, God is always speaking and that sometimes it'll just be like a thought that comes into your mind. And I was like, so do you want to pray and see if God tells you anything? And I didn't tell them anything other than that's what I was learning. Mm -hmm. So he just paused for a minute and he said, I just feel like God wants you to know that you did a great job, mom. You did a really great job. And I was like, oh, you've heard the Lord. Like it was. (laughs) The Lord has been. Yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> but it wasn't so like, awesome. yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, the angels will rejoice. Like it, it's not right. always these grandiose, magical, like you, it's not always like a feeling you get, but it was like, okay, yes, that was from the Lord because mm-hmm. I was so insecure and to see God use my four-year-old son yes. to speak peace to my spirit. Like it was, it's remarkable. And so, yeah, I, I try to teach them how he speaks and how we can hear him. And, um, we don't always get it right, but it's like you were saying, always pointing them back to the Bible and, well, let's look and see if this is in the Bible or not only that, but 
is this, does this thought represent the character of Christ too? Because, right. I mean, some you of know, the prophetic be... words aren't going to be written word for exactly. word in the Bible, but does it represent God's character? Like you said. Yeah. 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 And there's boundaries and guidelines I write in getting to know God's voice in even discerning prophetic words and like how we go about that and how God's speaking yeah. uh, because they're, Oh gosh, I'll tell this story. This is a messy story of somebody thinking they were giving a prophetic word. So mm. I was, I got invited to teach a Bible study. It was at a different church and I was so excited and I've been like doing their prayer meetings and like hanging out with them. And so I go and I know the people there and I was one of the only women there and I was the youngest person in the room just to give you context for like sure. the type. So I'm teaching on how God speaks in the mundane moments of life. And this was years ago. And these older gentlemen who claim to be prophets to the nations, they brought this man with them who it was his first time coming. And, you know, as a small group leader, you know, this, really, you want to create space for people to respond. Mm-hmm. So I'm pausing and asking questions and trying to get a dialogue going. And this man is like, I have a word. You do not, under- <laughs> you must repent. You don't understand repentance at all. And he starts yelling at me <sighs> saying, I'm like a sinner. He starts using all the swear words I haven't heard in ages. The so I'm like, swear oh, those- words. And he was, he starts, <laughs> he starts cussing me out. Oh my gosh. Yes. Cussing me out. All this crazy starts happening, and I'm just standing there like, what? Yeah. So I do the only logical thing I can do, and I just run away crying, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he chases me out to the church parking lot, into the field, yelling about how Jenny has no concept of repentance. It like wasn't even anything I was teaching on whatsoever, but this was his mission in life, was to let everybody mm-hmm. know that I was the biggest sinner on the block. Mm-hmm. And so I cry, and no one's protecting me. I mean, it was the weirdest situation. This guy's like verbally attacking me. Mm. And so these old men take him home and they drive back and they're like, well, welcome to ministry, Jenny. That just happened. (laughs) And I was like, listen, buddy, I'm in ministry in the everyday moments of life. And if that's going to happen, he needs, you need to take your friend to a counselor and he needs to go through some major prayer because I don't know what, that was like a satanic moment. And I don't like, I'm not one to label. Like I don't stamp. Yeah. Yeah. I don't stamp (laughs) the demon label on a lot of things, but that was just a very interesting moment where I'm like, what is happening? And it was really messy. Like it was a messy moment. There was no pastoral leadership at that church, at that function. Like, so it just really put a burden in my heart to, all right, that man thought he was operating in the gifts and that he thought he was demonstrating the gift of discernment, which no, you're not. But it really put a burden in my heart to help others that might experience some weird moments to navigate those, like to know how to navigate those other than running away and crying and like (laughs) see what a healthy operational like gifting looks like, you know? Right. Right. So tell me in this book and I, I'm going to pre-order it today. Oh gosh. Uh, Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Um, did I tell you there's, okay, this is funny. There's hearing aids in the book, which help you hear God's voice. And there's daily challenges that like, well, I was just going to ask you when it's an, when you say it's an interactive journey, what does that look like? 
Yeah. So there's, there's hearing aids, which I can't say without laughing. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so cheesy, but I still really love it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's hearing that. aids and they help you, um, they help you understand the voice of God better. So like an example of one in the book is there. So God speaks in these different ways. And I think, let me see how many there are. In the book, I talk about, I set the foundation and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there's eight different ways God speaks. And throughout the process of the book, there's hearing aids that kind of capture that the way he speaks and invites you to process through it. So like mm. one example is obviously God speaks through the Bible. So I'll be like, read this passage and work through these questions, these three questions and see how God is speaking in this passage. Mm. And then, um, another one is God speaks through people. So as you get further along in the book, it'll say prayerfully ask God to put a person on your heart and ask God what he, how you can encourage that person today. If this is actually an encouraging, comforting word, like share it with that person and write down how they respond. So mm. it's really kind of helping you guide through and navigating how to apply this to your life mm -hmm. as well. So I can't wait because it's a, it's a gamble. We'll see what God does, but he better do something because I'm ready for it. <laughs> well, I created a Facebook group, you know, it's based on the podcast, the Kairos moments. And I'm in the process of creating a challenge, a Facebook challenge for these people, because not only do I want people to recognize those God moments, it's not yeah. enough just to recognize them. We have to respond. And then that's <laughs> when the change and the transformation happens. You know, I've taken the strength finders test and I know my top five, but I'm wondering if activator is like right below those, because I want them to pray about someone, pray and ask God to give them a word for someone and to get out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even, I mean, not make it up, not not force it, but just to, like you said, pray and ask God to see if he has a word for someone and then, and then give it, you know, practice yes. little baby steps. And then you get comfortable, not comfortable in the sense that it's familiar and ah, I got this, but you get confident. I guess I should say you get confident in you, your ability to hear God. Yeah. You recognize his voice because it's becomes familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That sounds like an amazing Facebook group. Everybody should join. And that is, that's so important to do. And I agree. I, I was texting a friend yesterday, like, how can I make my sermons more interactive? Because I, I think it's one thing just to hear something, mm -hmm. but what really happens, the transformation happens when you actually do it. Right. So I love that. I want to share this one example because it's so, it seems so silly, yeah. but I think of it all the time as a, a Karas moment. So I was at church and this woman came up to me and she was it at church. I think it must've been at church. And she was like, I feel like God wants me to share something with you. And I'm like, yes. And amen. bring it. What is it? Mm -hmm. And she's like, God wants me uh, to tell you that you, he, you really love horses, but you never ride. And I just started crying mm. because now to that person, that sentence sounded ridiculous. Right. Like, why am I telling this woman this? This makes no sense. I don't know if she likes horses. You know, I mean, imagine the what ifs they were thinking right, in their mind. Right. Like this is, I don't even know this girl. I'm going to go up and tell. But to me, 
So that was a word of knowledge because I let, every time we drive by horses, I literally yell horses. Like if I see them on a farm or whatever, yeah. but I don't actually physically ride horses. I just like have been admiring them my whole entire life, wishing I would. Mm. And that was a moment that I'll never forget because it showed me that God sees me and he knows me mm. and he loves the things that make me come alive. Right. And it was the most, it seemed like for that woman, the most insignificant, not life-changing word whatsoever, but it was a single sentence that made me feel so known by a God who loves me. Yeah. And as we process through like, so for the challenge you, you are inviting your Facebook friends to do, I challenge, <laughs> let's take it up a notch and challenge the listeners to do it too, because God might give you a single sentence for somebody that makes absolutely no sense, but it might like be a moment where they feel seen for the first time by God who loves them, or they feel known and they, they start to want to develop a more even intimate relationship with, with that God because they're seen. How long ago was that story with the horse? Oh gosh. It was, it was oh, 10 years ago. It was years ago. And that still is having an impact on you today. So when you see a yeah. horse, you automatically go back to that and you think of God and how he loves you and how he sees you. That's awesome. Yeah. Honey. yeah. I really think your podcast is wonderful because you're creating a space for people to process through these moments and to take action. And when I heard the title of your podcast, I'm like, game on, like this is, <laughs> this is amazing. I'm excited for how God is using um, you to minister to others. And I, I see you as a woman who really disciples people mm. and like raises them up into their leadership potential. I don't know if you do like leadership coaching, but I just see you as a woman who really calls people into the areas God's positioning them for. Mm. Um, and yeah, I hope that encourages you. I didn't know I was going to need Kleenex for this podcast. But okay. <laughs> So would you pray and close out this podcast, pray for the listeners, if you don't mind, and just pray over what was spoken and that they would just be encouraged. Yeah, I would love to do that. God, I lift up anybody that is listening or going to listen, Lord. And I just pray right now that they feel your power. They feel your love. They feel your presence there with them right now in the name of Jesus. And I just ask that you affirm the giftings you've put mm -hmm. on their life, whether they take a spiritual gifts test or you just begin to minister to their heart and they, they just know what their gifting is. And I pray for a boldness to step out mm -hmm. in the areas you've gifted them, whether it's prophecy or healing or words of knowledge. I just pray for boldness to step into that and for leadership to uh, come alongside them and equip them to navigate it because it is scary, God, but I just pray that they, they see the purpose in it and it's to glorify you and it's to point people to you. It's to build your kingdom, God. So I just pray for wisdom and for peace to flow in their lives. And I just want to pray for uh, any, I feel like let's demonstrate this. I feel like I have a prophetic word for yes. anybody that is a teacher, <laughs> which might be, might be a couple of <clears throat> people here. And I just pray for, um, the teachers that might feel burnt out or just like, this is ridiculous. Just kind of at that place of like, I'm tapping out. I'm done. I just pray for uh, rest to fall on you right now in the name of Jesus. And I just pray for like almost a spiritual awakening of uh, realigning your purpose with God's. And I just pray, I ask that God begins to renew that passion that you had 
years ago when you first stepped into teaching mm. and that he's saying it's not done. I feel like there's a teacher that's like about to tap out and be like, I'm done. I'm not handling this anymore. And I just pray mm. that they stay in and that, and that God shows them their purpose. Cause it's not done. He's, he's called you and he's positioned you there for specific people and for this season. Yes. Yes. Lord. And, um, God, we thank you for, for what you're doing and how you're moving. Mm -hmm. And I just pray that we don't miss the moments and, and we're sorry for when we do. And God, we just worship you for who you are, yes. not what you do for us and, and help us be available and willing vessels who step into the areas you're calling us. Amen. Amen. You have been gifted through the Holy Spirit. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. You are also able to hear his voice not only for yourself, but for those around you to encourage them. You were created for a purpose, and out of that purpose, that intimate relationship with God, He asks you to be part of an adventure of what He's doing in the world. Join our Facebook community, Kairos Moments. We have some pretty awesome things coming down the line, and I would love to share them with you. See you next time.